Hello, and welcome to the Library Cafe, a weekly program of table talk with scholars, librarians, and artists about the formation and circulation of knowledge. I'm Thomas Hill. I'm very delighted today to have as my guest on the show the artist Harry Roseman. Harry is professor of art on the Isabel Hyman chair here at Vassar College. He's retiring from teaching after this year, after almost 40 years here at Vassar, and uh, we're going to do a two-part interview. So today we're going to be talking about his last project, although it's a lifelong project, actually. It's not your last project, necessarily. My my concurrently last projects. Uh That spans, I think, much of this 40 years. His web-based photographic installation entitled A Chronicle Harry Roseman, a visual manifestation of shifting lines of interconnectedness, which we'll actually link to from library-cafe.org, so you'll be able to get to it that way. And we'll also give you the URL later, I think. So welcome, Harry. Thank you. Great to have you here. So anybody who knows Harry, and I realized this the first time I think I met you when you took my picture, (laughs) knows that you're constantly taking photographs and that you like to shoot people in groups of people. And this is what your web-based photographic installation, The Chronicle, is about. So the question is, is it something of an archive? I mean, is that one of the things that comes? Yeah, it's one of the things it is. Yeah. uh So for the first time, someone called me an archivist recently. Uh This guy, this painter named Elliot Green, did an article on one of Catherine, my wife, Catherine Uh Murphy, on one of her paintings, and at the bottom he gave me my lovely three sentences, you know, as the spouse. And he listed what I did, and I think he said sculpture, photographer, archivist. And it's the first time someone officially Uh called me an archivist, and I I loved it. First of all, it's a wonderful word. It is. (laughs) I love that word. So now... If people ask me what I do, I, I include yeah. that. Well, it has all kinds of etymological relations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's related to archaeology, for one. Yeah. It's related to the Ark, Ark of the Covenant, and you know the Roman boxes that documents were kept in. And also, it's related to digging, you know, uh, digging in the earth, arcane, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's a nice, nice word. So, so anyway, so this has been a long process, hasn't it? It really yeah. is a process. The, uh, uh, the, when, the date that I officially knew what this was, at least some aspect of it, was February 7th, 1971, uh-huh. when uh-huh. a friend of ours, an artist named Jonathan Santlover, came over to where we lived, mm-hmm. Catherine and I, and I took his picture. And then it just, I don't know what went off in my head, and uh-huh. I said to myself, I'm going to take everybody's picture uh-huh. who comes over. And so that was the start uh-huh. of it being a self-conscious uh-huh. project. And so the website, which we'll circle around to how that came about, is a group of projects. Yeah. So there is Visitors, which yeah. is the uh-huh. February 7th, 71. Yeah. There is Groups. Uh-huh. And there is Self-Portraits. And a couple of other little things. Now there's subheadings and subcategories. And I'll get back to that in a little bit too. Because uh-huh. that yeah, all came about it, yeah. because of the internet and yeah, because uh-huh, of the web. Yeah. The groups started before that. Uh-huh. But they started... When I was very young, Mm -hmm. I would say around 10 years old when I started taking photographs. And since I wasn't much of a prodigy and I was just a 10-year-old kid, Uh I hadn't sorted out that I was doing work. So I just realized that no one in my family was taking photographs. Uh And it kind of bothered me a little bit. And I said, no one is photographing our birthday parties, our trips, (laughs) our house, our friends. It seemed like a big omission. And there was a camera around. I think my parents photographed us when we were little kids and then got bored. Uh And so I started taking photographs of my friends and birthday parties. Uh And a number of them wound up to be groups of people. And when I started the website, I decided I would go back. It didn't have to start when it became self-consciously a work. Uh That as long as they were my photographs, I could go back to when I started yeah. taking these photographs. So, and, and did you keep them in a drawer? I mean, they must have been Well, I wasn't very yeah. good about... I love to collect things, yeah. and I'm sort of acquisitive, but not in a 
I don't need a lot of cars or anything, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I like stuff. Yeah. But I'm never that good with it. So I just had them in boxes and okay, drawers, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah. And so one of the early photographs, for instance, not the first couple, but as a really a formal group photograph is one I took of my fifth grade class. Uh-huh. I lined my classmates oh, up on the stairs, oh, and, and I took their photograph. Yeah. And oh. then I have one, I think, of my sixth grade class and one of my brother when he was about oh, wow. five and his friends. Yeah. So there's a number of pictures from those early photographs. And then somewhat a little bit later on, families, especially, I don't know, I, I feel like it was a, you know middle-class, working-class families, yeah. started taking slides, 35-millimeter yeah. photographs of their trips. Uh-huh. And you would go to someone's house, yeah. and they'd lug yeah, out yeah, this slide projector. It used to be a joke, actually. Yes, you know, because it was boring. hideously <laughs> boring. And you'd yeah. sit there, and you'd yeah. go, oh, my God, they'd be... Yeah. A little bit what people do on Facebook and Instagram yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but at least it's not hundreds in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you'd sit and watch someone's trip to Niagara Falls or yeah. someplace, and I started taking 35-millimeter photographs, thinking that the camera I had, I always called it the slide camera, uh-huh. But I think it was just a regular 35-millimeter camera. I just bought slide film. I didn't know that there was other film for that camera. And unfortunately, and I took hundreds of those, unfortunately, there was one point when I was in college when my room in my parents' house, when they moved, was in the basement, Uh and it was damp down there. And I'd say nine-tenths of... Those huge those amounts of yeah. these slides, the oh, emulsion slides, the ate away. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, you, so if you look at the, some of the earlier pictures on the site, you'll see ones that look marked yeah. and some of the emulsion yeah. gone. And I scrounged whatever I could. Yeah. I think of that as my lost Latigue period. Oh, uh-huh, oh. And it breaks my heart a little bit because yeah, there were hundreds of them. Uh-huh. So there are big jumps. Yeah. And the groups, even when I got a little more methodical about it, I didn't have a form or a structure for it. The visitors were in notebooks. Yeah. It was kind of organized. I'd have contact sheets, you know, little, little contact yeah. sheets from 35 millimeter, and captions, and they were school notebooks, and I'd paste yeah. them in. The groups were more like stacks of photographs and contact sheets yeah. and negatives, and a lot changed when the Internet came along. Uh-huh. So the project took on a kind of new life. Uh, it really changed. Yeah. And when I first heard about, it was somewhere fairly early on yeah. in the 90s, yeah. this internet thing and this website thing, I, I said, oh my goodness, the structure for these projects I was doing has now been invented. Uh-huh. And I knew right away yeah. that was going to solve the overriding yeah. problem of what I do with them. Yeah. So I started somewhere in the later 90s, constructing a website. Now, the first two or three years was totally wasted time. I've gotten a lot of help from Vassar. Yeah, Yeah, we were one of our first Media Cloisters projects. Yeah, exactly, pretty early on. This would have been 2000, 2001, somewhere. No, late 90s. Late 90s, that early, okay. Yeah, quite late 90s, but I wasted about three years before that because the Cloisters, which was a center for media equipment and things happened there in the library it wasn't very officially geared towards helping faculty with projects so they gave me students to help me and the students knew just a drop more than I did so I worked a whole year with one student and he would show me the pages and it it dawned on me at a certain point I said okay how's it going to work and he said it doesn't work. There's just pages. And I said, oh, my God. Yeah, it wasn't so, a database at that No, yeah, nothing. It was just yeah, yeah. pages, yeah. just still. So I had to start over. So I had to start over about three times. And then at one point, Barbara Page became acting dean. Yeah. And she implemented a new policy that the media cloisters would be helpful for faculty for projects. Yeah. For projects that use digital equipment and yeah. digital formats. Yeah. And that changed everything. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Ken Bolton was there at that remember, point. Yeah. And so I got official help, uh-huh. grown-up help, building my yeah. website. So that went pretty well. And I had to start scanning all these hundreds of photographs. Yeah. I forget what year I started using a digital camera. Even though 
I work with technology a lot. I get set in my ways. Yeah. When things change, I go slowly. So I held on to my film camera for a long time. Then I said, you know, film was getting harder to get, yeah. and I wasn't printing myself anymore. And so I got a digital camera, and for a little while I carried two cameras yeah. because I couldn't quite let go. Yeah. And it was a good idea that I switched to digital because I have a room in my studio on the third floor, like an attic room, where my negatives are. It's probably not the best storage situation. Where my negatives are and my contact sheets and prints, it was filled up like mad. Yeah. So I was kind of running out of room anyway. And my group's project were just stacks of yeah. photographs. Don't take space. So when I started making the website with a lot of help, and I switched to digital, then I could store things in my computer. Unfortunately, my my monitor looks a lot like my other kinds of storage. Yeah. It's oh, okay. you know it has this zillion things in it. Yeah. I try to organize it the uh, in, in, in in the computer yeah. in some way I can access things. But it's very funny. Yeah. I mean, to get to certain things, I have to go through four layers yeah. of... But I know where they are. Yeah, all of us are like that. Four layers of storage. Uh, you know, my, my organization system is I crowd everything onto my computer desktop. And then every couple of months, I will put it all in a folder. Oh, I'll, I do that sometimes, December, too. December, you know, 2018. And then hopefully there's a name there that will allow me to hunt it out doing a yeah, But otherwise, yeah. you know, I have to remember when, you know, what month. Right, and you have to go through those folders. And yeah. I, did, I do do a certain amount of storage on the cloud now, which I was very slow yeah. to, because my computer kept getting filled up. I, yeah. I take so many images. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about this because it's such a natural process in a way. I mean, I think everybody can relate to wanting to record things visually and sure. knows what a photograph is and has taken pictures. And then some part of us wants to keep these things organized so we can retrieve them. So you're not right. just taking them so you can go right. back so and look at exactly. them at, time, at least or organize what you've got. Yeah. And actually, it makes me remember, there was a day, March 12th was the day of the year. It was about five years ago when I had just got my first iPhone and I hadn't had a camera up until that point you know, for years. And I started taking photos of everybody that came through that door. Ah, cool. Door. So That's an impulse in. I recognize. Yeah. Tony Marquez came in, yeah. who's now deceased. Uh, Joanne Potter came in. Patty poked her head in. Eve came in. Yeah. And you were in it also. And I have a few you photos that I took in. in your office yeah, of you other did. people. Okay, you probably came in to take my yeah. picture. But you were in the hall, and you'd spilled coffee, actually. And you're, <laughs> you were wiping it up with a towel with your feet, which I have done many <laughs> times. And I, you know, I put a caption under, under it. Something to the effect that Harry Roseman, you know, coffee wipe off, wipe off technique. But, but anyway, I did the same thing, and then it, it's too. Then you need to have a way to organize. Right. So it's so it's a natural kind of. It is very natural, and the impulse was, just yeah. like why everyone takes photographs, yeah. to record, to yeah. stop time, yeah. uh-huh. to remember, yeah. uh-huh. you know, to, um, yeah. in a sense, make things real, uh-huh. you know. And um, it, when I started, visitors. Self portraits started a bit early. Well, that, they started in around '68. That's I think. the most interesting section of the uh, uh-huh. of, of the database. I thought your self portraits oh, went way way back. Uh, well, I started very differently. I started methodically every day yes. taking a picture okay, of myself, okay, yeah. and I overextend myself a lot. So I kind of couldn't keep the everyday thing up. So it, it's morphed and evolved like a lot of these projects. And now the self portraits happen. Sometimes four times a month, sometimes 20 times a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes they're very formal, like where yeah. they started. Sometimes I'm with somebody. And everybody's doing that now with selfies. Oh, yes, <laughs> I know. I, you know, even, even the groups and uh, visitors, I think of a, a kind of personal Facebook, yeah. but I'm the boss. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one else can put stuff in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is a kind of social record. Yeah. and. Yeah, but it's yeah. your it's your world. Then. It's my it's world. A record of, not, not yeah. just a record of the world that you're walking through. No, except yeah. once I walk through it, 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 yeah. it becomes my world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try the coffee okay. real quick. Are we still running? Should I? Uh, yeah, we can go. let it run and run for three hours. Okay, so that's the cappuccino machine. Yeah. For those who only hear a strange <laughs> sound. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of radio and sounds and 
Yeah, you imagine what they are. Yeah. So I'll go back to what you were just saying about it. Well, it's your world, and I said when, it, yeah, when I walk through, it becomes my world. Uh, sometimes when I'm taking group photographs, uh, a person, let's say it's in a restaurant, and a person at the next table might come over and say, do you want me to take one with you in it? Uh-huh. Uh, I do the same thing, but I do it so I'll have a pic- the pictures for my site, yeah. not just to be a good guy. Yeah. And usually I say, no, it doesn't matter, I'm taking them. And then Catherine says, well, you know, they're all about him anyway. <laughs> and in some way they are, and in some way they aren't. But they are, but they're also about other things. You know, other people, a time and a place, a, a community, people interacting, people coming in and out of one's life. And I'm very, with both the visitors, the visitors probably more than the group, Lit has an extremely wide range of people in it. Uh, and the, the connecting tissue is, you've come to where I live. Yeah. But that being said, if you are a friend and stop by, or if we're having people for dinner, and then I have to make a lot of decisions... For instance, if I'm having people for dinner, if we are, and there's four people, well, that's a group, but it's still visitors. So visitors trumps groups in in that sense. And Uh, but but if you ring my doorbell, let's say your car broke down, you're in, or you're a Jehovah's Witness, or a political person canvassing, or someone who's coming to fix the plumbing. You're part of it. No, so, so you take pictures of Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. that knock on your door. That's really nice to include them in a... Yes, but it does mean conversations. Yeah, yes. Because okay. I don't think it's... Yeah, no. I don't think it's very polite to say, can I take your picture, excuse yeah. me, and, and now you have to part, leave. Yes, yeah. So it, it makes yeah. for interactions, and I have Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, so I haven't minded them, and sometimes I'll guide them uh-huh. in a certain way, and sometimes I'll respond. So one guy, I remember, uh, came back a second time with the Watchtower magazine because uh-huh. of taking the picture and yeah, me yeah. explaining that I'm an yeah. artist. He brought back an issue that was about, he said, art. Yes, yeah. So he wanted me to see it. So I was looking through it and I said, you know, these are images of landscapes and nature. Art is something, if you believe in God, it's not something God makes. It's something people make. Yeah. So this, in my estimation of what art is, just doesn't count. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and I, but you I, had a conversation. Yeah. And in a way, when you take these people's photos, you're pulling them into your own spiritual world in an interesting way. I mean, that's the way it seems to uh-huh. me. Uh, and I like that. And that uh, you feel obliged to have the conversation. Well, yeah, be, just out of politeness. Uh, yes. But I do yeah. talk yeah. about, because um, they ask if I'm religious, yeah. and I do yeah. talk about what I think of as the difference between spirituality uh-huh. and religion and where I sit in that, in that place. But I remember one point, these three guys came, and usually it's women and men. Yeah, yeah. You can tell them a mile away, they're so dressed up. <laughs> you know, yeah, they usually, and they're often, uh, not a lot of people come by who are more than one race. So often there's a, oh, an African-American yeah. and a Caucasian person, you go, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. There aren't many people knock on your door anymore either. So Jehovah's not so many, <laughs> except the last election. We did, the last election. We did have a, a, a few people, <laughs> yeah. and so one time these three Jehovah's Witnesses came, and they were it was they were all it was like the ages of man. There was like a teenager, <laughs> and a thirty-year-old guy, and a fifty-year-old guy, and I decided, okay, maybe I'll have a conversation about what they're there for. Uh-huh. So I decided since they were there to talk me into something, I would try to talk them out of it. Uh, oh. It was pretty interesting. They were pretty good about it. It was pretty interesting. And um, so I was trying to tell them why I didn't think what they did was maybe the best idea in the world. And they were telling me why it was. Okay. So, so that was kind of interesting. And I do because some people don't mind having their photo taken yeah. and some people do. I have a quick little spiel. Uh-huh. Hi. You know, and sometimes it happens out of the house. Do you mind if I take your picture? I'm an artist. I'm working on this yeah, project. Yeah. And I try to look very friendly and smiley and yeah. not 
threatening, you know, because sometimes people even let me in their house. And so it's kind of interesting. It's a a, sort of a challenge to have people relax to that. I mean, we all know you really, really well. So, and you take photos of every department meeting you come to. So there's a point where, you know, okay, everybody, Harry's going to take our picture. Right, and it's expected. And and the eye rolls and, oh no. But on the other hand, you know, it's ceremonial in a strange way. Oh, it is ceremonial. Come to expect it. And then going back, I mean, I was looking through, the, you know, your site at all the photos you've taken over the years of our department meetings. You know, it's the only real tangible memory we have of those. Yeah, those yeah, times. and the ebb and those flow of are, members coming yeah, and going, yeah, and uh, and and, and as I said, yeah. the picture you just showed me, yeah. boy, we're a lot older now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and yeah. the project has changed and morphed a lot uh-huh. over the last four or five decades, yeah. in a lot of ways. Part of it is just time. So when you do a work like this and it's a week old, it's very different than when it's 40 years old Mm -hmm. and you have Mm. people aging, kids growing up, uh people disappearing because they die. And so it becomes so much more, I think, in some ways poignant and Uh about uh, mortality and yeah, death. Yeah, no, I felt that looking at Eugene's photographs. So, uh, you know, I'd seen those, you know, when you're taking them, but, you know, he's gone now. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Andrew now, so. And um, I, I, I'm behind on it because people keep dying. I have a memor- in yeah. memoriam oh, page. Yeah. And <laughs> what strikes me about that, the more, it's shifting. Luckily, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I meet young people. Yeah, okay. um, otherwise, it would be just three people in a bunch of memorial uh, photographs. I'm struck by, and the memoriam page makes me think of it more. I'm hoping that the site will be an interactive artifact when I'm dead. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I haven't totally solved that yet, but about three years ago, it became an official site of the Vassar Art Gallery, mm-hmm. which is I was very pleased about. And I, I can get a little back to this. One reason I've gotten so much help from school because in some ways, from time to time, I was the person who showed up. It was so good for everybody, in a sense, because I, I would show up, and I, you know, I had this idea, and I wanted help, and I would find ways to have people help me. And periodically, the school was ready to move along a certain way. So when I started building the site, a lot of people over at the Cloisters, who were part of CIS and the computer part of Vassar, said, oh, this is great because we really want faculty from other disciplines to start interacting with us Uh and to start using technology. And so periodically, I hit the right moment. And then with the Vassar library, I had in back of my mind someday, I was trying to figure out how to do this. I would try to interest special collections yes, uh-huh. and talk to them you know, about the site and about other ways of collecting information. Yeah, yeah, you want, they want some and, permanent records yeah, somewhere. Yeah. In a library archival situation, like an archive. And then, for the first time, the library got a digital librarian, mm-hmm. Joanna de Pasquale, about seven years ago. Yeah. And I said, oh, this is great. So I got help from that direction. And then under her auspices and with the new director, it became a project of the Vassar Library. And I thought it was great because the Vassar Library does have digital mm-hmm. archives, yeah. but they're all pretty much still sound yeah. images, this is text. An evolving thing. So, what I'm hoping is, and now they have this thing that exists interactively in time, I'm hoping that will make some sort of arrangement. I don't know what it is yet. My guess is I might have to leave them some money. Because I think it would be great if it had a life past myself. Yeah. Beyond us, us globally changing yes. Harry to immemorial. Exactly. <laughs> but then I realized, and not then, but yeah. concurrently I realized, the memoriam page, is gonna, which is where this little part of our conversation started, is going to be so weird because eventually everyone in the site will yeah, be dead. Yeah, yeah. And so you'll have... At a point when it stops being yeah. added to, yeah. the living and the dead, yeah. and then eventually the living will be the dead as well, but it won't be notated in the same way. We'll yeah. just know 
you know, well, guy, yeah, th that person well, must be 130 years old by now. In memoriam, which is a kind of a value judgment you, you, you place in the database. maybe. Just in what way, a value judgment? Well, it's uh, in memoriam, uh, there's some notion there that you want to pay your respects to this person who's no longer here with yeah. us. Whereas in a card catalog, you've just got, you know, born oh, 1918, died 1976. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know that you're looking at a dead author, you know. Right. Like, but I'm not making a value about what these people accomplished. No, no, the no, value no, was no, living no, no, and no, then dying. Like, but just a kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, an acknowledgement of a life. The way all photographs tend to become memorials. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so. And what, I have lots of rules yeah. ab about, like the way I, I, I said before, visitors trumps groups. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I figured I needed to have rules for some logic. Uh -huh. So I decided visitors could be one person, could be 20 people. I decided that visitors was a 24-hour window. So if someone comes over, I take their picture. If they have to run out and come back, it's still the same entry. Uh -huh. yeah. If they sleep over, it's still an entry that includes the dates. Yeah. But if they come separately every day, if they come seven days a week, it's seven entries. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's a way that I can oh, have I a yeah. kind of structure. And then groups, I decided, can't be two people. Because yeah. it seems yeah. to me, that's a couple. Yeah. It's not and really group, a, groups it's not could like be a, small, so it starts yeah. at three. So there are, yeah. there are little windows where yeah. it's not useful yeah. to me yeah. as far as the projects go. Yeah, interesting. So a uh, question comes up. You were making a distinction before between art, things that are made by people, and landscape. I look at this, you're an artist, and I look at this as, as a work of art. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes it a work of art rather than just a digital photo archive? Okay, now this is probably the easiest and hardest question. Okay. Okay. The easy part is because I say so. Yes, because you're an artist. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm an artist yeah. and because I say so. And that goes along with something I decided a number of years ago. I forget when, but I decided that I'm going to come to work that I look at on the face value of what I'm told it is. Mm -hmm. So if anyone tells me that what they've made is art, I'm not going to question that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, okay, uh -huh. it's art. Yes, yeah. Then I'll go from there. Yeah. And then I'll say, yeah. is it interesting? Is yeah, it yeah. good art? Is it sort of boring yeah, and repetitive? Made by a person who intended it to be seen as art. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that was a nice decision for me. It, it, it just seemed right to me. So on the face of it, okay, because I say it's art. And then... I would say there was a whole list of things that make it different than a, just an archive. It's hard to know where to start. Okay, I'll start with the fact that um, one of the things I do is I'm a photographer. Uh -huh. So they're my photographs. Now, once I started being self-conscious, uh -huh. when I was a kid, I took pictures. Yes. Uh -huh. And I wasn't working on a project. When I got a little bit older. I went to an art high school as well as yeah. to oh, art did. college. Okay, yeah. And so I, it was fairly early on that I decided my pictures were photographs. Uh -huh. yeah. And then it became an issue of why I took them, uh -huh. how I wanted them to sit in the world, and what I thought art should be and maybe look like. One of the funny things, maybe it's not funny, funny, ironic, odd, yeah. is that sometimes, and this happens when you teach, sometimes people make art look a certain way because they have an idea of what art looks like. Uh -huh. So every once in a while you're looking at a student's work and you realize what's wrong is they're making self-consciously an idea of what art looks like. Uh -huh. So the work is not about much except to look like art, yes, okay. and which I think is kind of humorous and odd, uh -huh. And you don't even know you're doing it. And I've had students who have, you know, one example comes to mind, which was so amazing. This guy was working on a senior project. The work was fairly boring, uh -huh. not very accomplished. And we were talking about it. And then I, I see in, in his studio something on the side. It was like crocheted or something. I go, what's that? And he said, oh, that's the work I make for myself. I said, so what are you showing me? He said, that's the work I make for you guys. <laughs> and he yeah. said, well, that's the stuff that is art. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the work he made for himself was so much better, so much more interesting, 
but he was unsure of it, and he was unsure of how it sat in the world, because uh -huh. they were these crochet things. They were wonderful. Yeah. I said, stop doing that. <laughs> Yeah. So that was kind of yeah, that, that was kind of interesting. I mean, there are artists who define what they do by define a work of art by saying this is a work of art because it doesn't look like any art. I forget. You know, oh yes, art, but, but that came yeah. a little later, and but even early photography, yeah. which in this case is is pertinent. It first of all it was a technical breakthrough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it became a strange combination of document. Uh -huh. And art photography. Yes, uh -huh. And often, early art photography looked like paintings. Yes, yes. And the idea was, wait a minute, I know what art looks like. Yes, yes. So if I'm going to try to elevate this thing that is like mechanical in yes. some way, I better make it look make like it look art. Like you see, painting. these yes, early yes, yes. you know, romantic yeah, photographs. Uh, yes, yeah, and, yeah. and it's kind of funny. And then things changed about 10, 20 times. It's an interesting question. This idea is, why is what you're making art? Okay, yeah. Besides the yeah, fact that yeah. I, I say so. Yeah. Now, do I care that you think it's art? I'm not so sure. Yeah. Do I care that you're interested in it and, and it makes you think and it makes you make jumps? Yeah, yeah I care yeah, about that yeah. maybe more. And the other work I do the sculpture and the drawing, nobody asks me, is that art? Yeah, no, they because okay. it's, so it looks like... It looks, hopefully, not like yeah, art in, yeah, yeah. with quotation marks. I think at first, the first few times someone asked me if this is art, it annoyed me. Uh -huh. Then I grew to like it. Yeah, I right. go, well, how about that? I'm making, unintentionally, yes. I'm making work at the edge of what might or might not be yeah, art. Yeah. And... You know, well, this, that is interesting in and of itself. That, that's very interesting. So that, yeah, that intrigues yeah, me. Yeah. And some artists, that's the subject of their work. Yeah. You know, you go back to Duchamp and then all the way up yeah, to exactly, Sherry Levine. Exactly. And, Duchamp, and yeah. this idea of authorship yeah. and context. But the reason for me making this work, that's not the subject. Yeah, yeah. The subject yeah. of this work isn't what's art. I'm yeah. making this work and it is yeah. either art for some reason or not. Yeah. I also, which is going to make my argument harder, or my justification, or whatever we're calling what my answer to this question is, a while back, a few years, it, something dawned on me, you know, especially once I opened up, okay, it's art. Yeah. The fact is, people generally think, who make things, that by calling it art, they're elevating it. Yeah. I've decided that that doesn't always work. Because some things work better if you don't call them art. Yeah. And so... They just do what they're supposed to do. You know, like they do what they're supposed yeah. to do. And once someone says something's art, I think your criteria changes. Yeah. And yeah. so I think back to... I'll just use... A, it's not an apocryphal example. But there was a while when people... And artists opened up, opened up, and opened up, which yeah. I think is great. Okay, one example would be like a food commune. And some people have food communes, and some people have collaborative art food communes. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I think it had to do with a grant application. And so I said to myself, well, what they're doing is really swell. It's not much as art. It's yeah. kind of not so interesting as art. By making me have to think about art, I'm a little dismissive of it. Yeah. But as an undertaking... I'm not. Yeah. So that interested yeah. me. Does art is art always an attribute yeah. uh -huh. to call something art? I decided sometimes yes, sometimes yeah. no. Yeah. no. Maybe Paul Chan's restaurant needs to be art, but it's it's you know, and sometimes yeah. In this case, I can say for me, it resonates with what I do because I'm a librarian. So it's about, it's about databases and it's about the organization of the visual world, and it seems experimental in some way, but maybe something that over time technology will allow us all to do collectively. That is, organize everything that happens to us around us sure. in some way, so we can go back to those experiences at least have a documentary. Right. Of them, you know? Actually, it's a good point. It brings something else up, oh. something related. And that is, so I've been doing this for 40, 50 years, uh -huh. you know, making yeah, these yeah, photographs. Yeah, yeah. So I was 10, so uh, more than 50 more years. Than 50 anyway, years. a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And 
the world changes and what people can and can't do and do and don't do changes. And I haven't solved all of it. How does that retroactively affect what you did 40 years ago yeah. and 30 years ago and 20 years ago? Does it hurt it? Does it help it? Does it make you prescient what you've done? Does it just make it old-fashioned? God knows. I don't know. Um, but I will say that what comes to mind is, and when you say the technology will allow... Us to keep a better visual right. record than we do. And so I've been taking self-portraits. Yeah. Other people have before me. And I've been documenting. People have done that before me, after me. The fact that everyone takes photographs now and everyone documents... Does it make what I do more ordinary? Maybe. I think its own history is helpful. Yeah. Its longevity. Yes, yeah. And also, hopefully, like other kinds of work, the technology enables the artist to do something, but it's not what it is. Even if the technology is a pencil, yeah. you know, even if it's oil paint, it's not that... Well, when holography started, you know, when these yeah. next steps come along, you see a holograph, you go, you just love it right away. It could be a piece of shit, yeah. but you go, oh, yeah. well, and then, then you start to wonder, what if someone will do something with it? Yeah. Something that goes beyond yeah. that. Yeah. And then there's also this business of technology can do things that maybe, let's say, they're more slick. And then you get film and you get video and you get high-definition video, and then you look at these videos that are a little more rough at the edges, yeah. and are they just have less progress in them, or does the relationship of the technology to what the artist did, does that become one thing? And then you see people on purpose using outdated stuff, outdated equipment, so they could get that kind of look of what things used to be when you had no choice, yeah. but then it's a kind of stylistic idea for whatever reason, and there, there could be all kinds of reasons. And so it hasn't stopped me from doing my project, yeah. the fact that it's become more ubiquitous, yeah. and the fact that people have iPhones and are taking photographs all the time of everything they do. People are putting every meal they ate onto Facebook yeah, yeah. and Instagram. It's not what I'm doing. And hopefully this work I'm doing has enough of an individual character in the way it talks about what it's talking about that it sits somewhat by itself, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, no, and it's self-referential or self-interrogating in some ways, and it seems to be, I mean, it's interrogating the whole notion of it's certainly, the archive. Yes, yes. And, and also the photograph, possibly, which I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. How does this relate to photography as an yeah. art. You started to talk about that a bit. In yeah. some ways it's documentary, but it's not documentary. It's portraiture. Right, it's, yeah, right. But, um... So you have these genres. Yeah. You know, and what comes up often is the snapshot. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the snapshot's been around for much longer than I realized when I had at some point delved into it. I think the brownie was invented pretty much at the turn of the 19th century, yeah, maybe even yeah. 1900 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So this idea of the snap or the snapshot has been around for a long time. But from my standpoint, you have your professional, your amateur, and sometimes that line gets blurred. Yeah. But it seems to me that snapshots, like other things, have become a genre. Yeah. So it's not like the look of the snapshot is always now the amateur. Yeah. But it's a genre, and museums show snapshots. Yes, and, you have, yes. and, and you have lately, shows of yeah. found photographs yes, lately. Yeah, yeah. And that, boy, that changes things. Yeah, it does. I, I think yeah, entirely. Does. Yeah. And then you have people who shoot photographs on purpose that are blurry, which was unheard of, yeah. not on purpose. Yeah. You know, things got blurry because you had to sit for yeah, yeah. three minutes yeah. or how long in the early days of photography. But, and because the impetus for this project was very everyday... Yeah. You know, I'm going to take a picture of my brother. I'm going to take a picture of my birthday party. Some of it is very straightforward, mm -hmm. just like anyone would take a photograph. Sometimes they look like real photographs. 
Actually, that throws me more than when they oh, don't. Oh, and I don't edit out for that reason. Yeah. So if I happen to take some photographs that I say, oh, this is a really good photograph, yeah. I leave it in. I don't all of a sudden take it out because it's yeah. not as everyday or quick or to my rules. And I do very little candid photography in these projects. Yeah. Mostly people are looking at they, you. Yeah, they know you're taking you know, And I say, okay, everyone look at me. But I've also added bits and pieces to this puzzle. So originally it was the groups and the visitors and the self-portraits. Then as it became a website, I realized the structure of the internet really fed into aspects of what I could do. So groups, for instance, now has one, two, three or four subcategories. Yes, yeah. So there's groups. Then there's friends and acquaintances, uh -huh. which are most of the groups. Then there's chance encounters, mm -hmm. which are groups of people I have no idea who they are or their names. Okay, yeah. And I take those photographs when I happen upon a bunch of people posing for someone else, usually. Oh, oh, I see. Maybe an outdoor wedding. Yeah. Maybe in front of a tourist attraction. Yeah. And I kind of <clears throat> sidle up. Yeah, yeah, and take oh, or even in a restaurant, I kind of sidle up yeah. to the person and I go, ah, and I, take a and I take a picture. Sometimes it makes people uneasy. Sometimes I go... That's not going to be on the web, is it? And I said, actually, it is. <laughs> Which, and then no one seems to get very mad. So I don't know who these people are, but they're people out in the world posing for groups. One time I was in Washington, D.C., this is years ago, and there were these groups of, this one group of tourists in front of, I think, the Washington Monument, yeah. posing for later in the day. There was the same group of tourists in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Oh. I was thrilled. Oh, wow. So I have these two photographs of, oh, of these people. same people oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. all yeah. gathered together looking yeah. towards the camera in front of... Yeah, and you had no idea what the group was? Or no, no. I think they looked yeah. like um, East Asian, maybe oh, from okay. India or Pakistan yeah. or something. So is there other metadata? I mean, uh, do you keep track of time? Is there a time stamp on them? Or, uh, or space? Well, there is. Space, uh, oh, you know, where okay. necessarily. Yeah, I'll, oh, get I'll get it. Okay. Oh. Who is calling us while we're on the radio? Yeah. Seven oh one. It's Lattimore, North Dakota. I know nobody in Lattimore. Oh, it's probably a crap call. Yeah. So things about the way I show the information, the subjects, the uh, ostensible subject change. So at first, photographs, and then they were organized with captions. Uh -huh. And then at some point, I started doing video pans. Yeah. And the video pans are handled just like the portraits, in the sense either people are around the table or I have a group of people, yeah. and, and I go like I'm going to take a picture, yeah. and instead I do a video pan. And those are on the website. So. And they're on the website. They're instead of stills in those yeah. places. And the more people have posed for me, the less funny it gets, because they know I'm doing it. But at first, it's very funny, because people get very self-conscious when they realize, why is this taking so long? And then they start talking, is this a picture? Is yeah. this a video? So I think that's funny. So I... I might pan, and then they'll explain to each other sometimes what it is, yeah. at least when they've only seen me do it a few yeah. times. But it's kind of not very animated yeah, for no, a video. It's just a, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. a pan. And then some are GIFs now. Uh -huh. I love yeah. GIFs. They yeah. just make me yeah. laugh. And the GIFs I started doing at a certain point. But now I will go back and make something into a GIF that wasn't a GIF, because I also like the idea of almost like found objects. So... Lots of times you take a photograph, or I do, and I take a few. And if I look at something I did like five years ago, I go, that'll make a gift. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll put it together and take, uh -huh. either add it to the still or take the still out. And so the structure of the work starts to change. Now it has sound. Wow. So uh, in 1988, 89... I got a phone machine for the first time. Not, it's not that uh, early. Yes. Uh -huh. you know, and I, for some reason, I didn't want one. I have no idea why now. <clears throat> and I was doing a public project for the subway, and the commissioning agents, which were the Morgan Bank and the MTA, were getting so annoyed at me because they couldn't leave me a message. Yeah, okay. I said, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I got an answering order, machine. Yeah. So the first tape filled up. There were tapes. And usually people flip them over and then record yeah. over them. It got you to the end, and I went... Yeah. Oh, so I took it out and put another one in. So I've been doing that since 88. So you got all those. So I got all of them. Yeah, all, and all then I, it took me a while to figure out how to get the sound off the recording 
message retrieval devices when they were in the phone. Yeah. I, I do it in a very, it looks like something I got out of a box of Cracker Jacks. Yeah. It's a little suctiony thing. Yeah, I know and then, you mean, yeah. And you put it on the receiver and then you can record the messages. Yeah. It sounds right. not that great, yeah. but it doesn't matter. So and now I've started putting those on. Yeah. And I thought, I knew I was going to do something with them. And it might have something to do with the photographs. But I didn't know for a number of years what I would do with them. And then I, it made sense to put them on the site. And I thought of them, I said, okay, maybe I'll put a message on an entry when the message itself has to do with the caption in the entry. Yeah, uh-huh. Then I decided, I don't think I have to be held to that because leaving your voice is a kind of visiting. Yeah. So they, I put them under visitors and... I only have, I don't know how many on there, 20 maybe. This whole thing is insanely time-consuming. So I'll just put them on as I get to doing it. And it has to do with transcription and editing out people's phone numbers, separating each message from a group of messages. It's a multimedia database now. And so when you go on the site, you'll see there's a picture of a person, sometimes or a group of people. But now you might see a picture of a microphone. Uh And you click onto that... And it's a message from someone. And then I decided... That's a very interesting. I mean, I don't do that with the cell phone with messages. I don't delete the old ones. Ah. You know, especially people who have died. Uh, you know, I've got Andrew and... Uh, I love having people's voices to me. Me too. Yeah, who are, so alo- who are not alive anymore. Yeah. There's something about a disembodied voice yes. that's very different. Yeah. And then I also came upon groups of messages that had to do with the same thing. In 92, I was in the hospital. And... People called the house and left messages for Catherine saying, how's Harry doing? So I said, I'm not going to take up a lot of room with that. So instead of the microphone, I have a picture of a sign for an emergency room. And I put all of those in there. In there. Okay, so I'm, yeah. I'm starting to thematic, yeah, you know, yeah, put so them in so you're organizing the thematically yeah, like that. Yeah. But there's lots to do. And then another subcategory besides in memoriam are individual pages. Yeah. I have a few things I do that the goal or the reality is they will never be finished. So this will never be finished. It'll just go on, then I'll die. Then it'll stop. And there's also holes in it, but I can get to that after. So the individual pages, I said, wouldn't it be great if I had an individual page for everybody on the site, or at least everybody in groups? So that would mean thousands and thousands of individual pages. So I have now about 165. It's enough... Oh, that's my phone. Excuse me. Excuse me out there. Oh, it's my nephew. You can take that Hi, Benjamin. Hi. I can't talk now because I'm doing an interview with Tom Hill on the radio. Sure. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. The individual pages. And they're like mini websites. So I send out a questionnaire. I must say the first question does a little bit, a lot refer back to me. Like, how did you first meet Harry Roseman? Then what do you do? A statement Um, about what you do, examples of what you do, if they're visual artists, like a website, you might put pictures of your work on. If you do something else, there might be a writing passage. I'm way, way, way thousands behind, but I have enough that you get the idea. And part of that is to flush out these interactions and these patterns of people coming together, Uh and you go... Oh, this person yeah. hangs around with that person. Yeah. I was this gonna, is going to get to that. You, you know, oh. they call this a visual manifestation of shifting lines of interconnectedness. Yeah, and I wanted to know about the interconnectedness. So okay, that, so this is yeah. this is one way of flushing that out. Uh-huh. And I've gotten over the years more and more intense about recording everything that makes sense yeah. for these projects. And we'll talk about the search engine too. That yeah, really yeah, does uh-huh. hone this up a lot. So let's say. I could pick anybody. Okay, my friend Tom Niskowski. Uh-huh. So I met Tom Niskowski and Joyce Robbins when their son Casimir was about 11. Now, Kaz is in his 40s uh-huh. and has a kid of his own. Yeah. And so it's not like I'm following them around, yeah. but when our paths cross, they're in their photographs, yeah. either visiting or groups. You know, people have groups of friends uh-huh. and I have groups of friends, but you don't have one group of friends, uh-huh. if you have friends. And then you might have another group of friends, yeah. and they overlap for one yeah. reason. And you might meet some friends 
who become your friends because they're friends of friends of yours. Uh -huh. So in these group photographs, if, you, if you're a little bit of a crazy person and want to really delve into this, you could say, okay, I see 30 years ago or 28 years ago, this Tom and Joyce with Gary and Suzanne. Uh -huh. Hmm, there they are again. Yeah. And there they are again. Uh -huh. And now in this picture is another friend. Let's say Arlene Checkett or something. And you go, oh, she wasn't there before, but now she's appearing more. Uh -huh. It's either because Tom and Joyce became friendlier with Arlene and Mark, or maybe Harry just met Arlene at this point. Uh -huh. And then, yeah. then the patterns change. The scenarios. And the scenarios uh -huh. and the interactions. Yeah. Yeah. And you see maybe they're at birthday parties, maybe they're at gatherings or parties. Yeah. So you get these real shifts and patterns. You have people who are in the site once, and you have people in the site hundreds of times. Uh, yeah. That's a different kind of pattern. And then the search engine, and the thing I love about the newest manifestation of the site, this site used to be, I have two sites now, yeah. it used to be one site. And it became clear to me, and this is after Joanna came to the library, Joanna Di Pasquale, now she's left, yeah. which I wasn't happy to see her go, but people's lives do function outside of what I need. But there's a woman named Carolyn Moritz who yeah. was her assistant. Okay, so I realized the sites didn't make sense. Yeah. So we pulled them apart, and Joanna knows how to write code, which I don't. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't work perfectly, but we were able to do huge chunks of the data, pull them apart, and so one is just called harryroseman.com. Uh -huh. That's my portfolio, yeah. like other artists have, yeah. drawings, yeah. sculptures, yeah. Your stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the web projects are now the Chronicle, yeah. A Chronicle. Yeah. And so that was very helpful. So the search engine on A Chronicle, it was all right, then it wasn't all right, then it was all right. Now it's so wonderful. Uh -huh. So now you can go on the search engine and put someone's name in. Every image that they're in, yeah. because it's precise enough, what, myself up so I could will come up. Yeah. Now, when it wasn't precise, let's say you'd put Tom Hill in, uh -huh. then anybody named Tom will come yeah, up, yes, which yeah. drove me crazy. Oh, oh, now yeah. only Tom Hill comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see all the pictures he's in, and they come up chronologically. Yeah. And if you put two people's names in, every picture with both of them. Both of them come in. Or oh, for good. metadata, if you put yeah. families, yeah. all pictures of families will yeah. come up. I try to be thorough enough to throw in, yeah. either in the initial caption or in the metadata, you know, which you don't see. Most of the stuff is in the captions itself, or dinner parties, or openings. And then you go, oh, look, all these yeah, yeah. same people seem to cross paths at these openings. And so that's very important for the site. And it took a while to get the search engine to really work. Yeah. We had to go back and put information in some of the older pictures. At one point, so I have visitors, groups, self-portraits. I actually put someone's work on this site that's not mine for the first time, which we could or could not go into this stuff of Eugene Carroll's. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm working on a China project yeah. that makes sense to me on this site. It's in there, but no one can see it yeah. because it's not yeah, worth okay. seeing yeah, yet. Yeah. Now, and that's something I'll never finish. But when it's viable to look at, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put it in. Yeah. And the search engine will overlap. So... If someone's name comes up and they're in visitors and groups, it doesn't matter. Yeah, All the images yeah, of, yeah, of sure. those people will come yeah. up. So is this autobiographical in some way? Does yes, in a lot of ways. What it is, is it's not one thing. It's a number of yeah, things. Uh -huh. So it's autobiographical, okay. It's a portrait of groups of people like yes. I was just yes. talking yes. about. It's, how would I call it? A playing out of a time and a place. Uh -huh. So... A lot of the photographs of the Hudson Valley, yeah. not all of them, because I do leave here, yeah. but in an X amount of period, in a 50-year period, you'll see a certain kind of life yeah. happening in a certain place. Yeah. So it's about that as well. And I will say that, like a lot of artwork one does, so you do work, and you think it's about certain things. Yeah. And then someone responds, and they say something that you kind of thought about, but not exactly. Mm -hmm. And you go, yes, yeah. it is about that as well, and that's in there. 
I mean, if this works really well, then I'll just use it yeah. when I talk about what it's about. Yeah, well, um, my question would be, is it about death and nostalgia? Abs- well, it, like I hate the word nostalgia. According to Susan Sontag, about death and, and the, the dark. And, yes, yeah, it is about, about death. About so I think one reason, even when I was young, I think I took photographs because things are fleeting, yes. which is a kind of death. Yes, all photography is about this. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. And so one of the things that happened, the more it went on in time, boy, the more it's about mortality and death. So as much as it may feel neutral at some points, boy, it is not. Yeah. You know, and it, it hits home the fact that I have an in memoriam. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it absolutely yeah. is. And, you know, I'm a little horrified that at some point yeah. I won't even be doing this. Yeah, so, so is this, uh, on the other hand, an attempt to stave off the oblivion, in a way. Yes, I mean, the whole thing, absolutely. You know, it's a, yeah. it's an, a pathetic <laughs> reach, is, uh, reach towards not dying. Not dying of course, why it's pathetic is because it's not going to yeah, stop yeah, gonna... me from dying or no, anyone else from no, dying or in the, it. Or, or the moment from being... Fr- from from going by, yeah. By, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of big and important and, and pathetic at yeah, the same yeah. time, that aspect of it. And th- when I read different things, it makes me think differently about the site. Uh-huh. Like when I read Seabold a number of years ago, mm, there's a connection, even though it goes backwards where the photos come in. In the last number of years, I've been reading um, Knozgard, Carlo uh-huh. Knozgard. And so I felt a real affinity t- to this series of books. I'm a little more than halfway through the last volume, uh-huh. the sixth volume. And uh-huh. because they would come out periodically in English... I read Elena Ferrante in between oh, uh-huh. these books. Yeah. But the thing about the Knozgard, you know, they're novels. He says they're novels, but they're very autobiographical. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're very um, mundane in a certain way. Yeah. And there's a certain mundanity about, about my project. Yeah. And so I think of Harvey Picar, uh-huh. which I only thought of recently. Yeah. American Splendor, you know yeah, that work? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Nothing much is going on yeah. in my project, I don't necessarily talk about fights I'm having with people yeah. or why I'm just disgusted with someone, yeah, yeah. So, even though I sometimes think it was wrong of me not to, yeah, okay. but it was yeah, the decision yeah, I made. Anyway, everyone would stop talking to me and yeah, posing yeah. for me. So, but Knozgaard, he, yeah, he doesn't stop yeah, at yeah, yeah. making enemies. So some of Knozgaard is very mundane, uh-huh. and so you're reading. It's like Proust a little bit and maybe Making of Americans by Gertrude Stein in the fact that they're slow. Uh-huh. So you can't read Knozgaard, for instance, if you're in a hurry. It's yeah. methodical, yeah. and they go on. And the idea of art, I think, comes into this conversation, too. So you read, you read, you read. And I find, just when maybe I'm getting slightly edgy, he'll, he'll do an aside, which and he, he's a very smart philosophical aside. Yeah. It might be short, it might be longer. The sixth volume... The asides are much longer. There's a uh-huh. like a 40-page analysis of a Paul Salon poem, uh-huh. very dense. And then he slips into talking, maybe because, probably because the whole thing is called My Struggle, uh-huh. about talking about Hitler and Mein Kampf. Uh-huh. And yeah. all of a sudden, you don't even know you're in this, you're so deep into this other thing, you, you don't even know you're in the same book. Uh-huh. They're interesting digressions because your brain does bring you to all kinds of places. Sometimes when I'm reading him, it makes me wish my um, captions were much longer. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're very short. They're very no, short. It's not on text. Uh, and some of them are yeah. shorter than others. Yeah. And when I'm on top of it, I'm putting the entries in closer to real time, they're a little bit longer. Yeah. But, you know, when I'm putting an entry in from three years ago, I don't remember what happened. Yeah. I'm lucky I remember the person's name. Yeah. There's lots of holes in it. I'm trying to, maybe because I'm older now, I'm trying to fill in uh-huh. a lot of the omissions. But the Knozgaard thing has been interesting me a lot. The other thing that interests me about his books is that I love the books, but I don't like him. As a, as a person, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that interests me is their stripped downness. I know very few writers who like him. Yeah. I know a lot of people who like him a lot, a few writers, but most writers so, yeah. I know don't like him. And I think it's because it's so effectless yeah. and feels not like art sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that I think we have in common. Yeah. A little bit. So it is literature, it is art, but it's very stripped down. And it's not 
a documentary or an autobiography because it can't be because I can't imagine he knows what he said to someone else when he was you know, yeah, eight yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. I think there's one or two parts of the book fail a little bit, and I think it's when he's talking about his very young self. Yeah. It's very difficult to talk in a voice in a mindset of a seven or eight-year-old yeah. unless he was exceptionally smart. Yeah, yeah. So, but I still think they're great, yeah. and I'm glad I got through the whole thing. Oh, good, good. So, so the, the URL for the website is... Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. it's... Harry Roseman dash, uh-huh. all one word, Harry Roseman, all small letters, dash, a chronicle, one word, dot com. Dot com. Okay. But when we'll you go there, website. it changes. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a Vassar, yeah, it's really a Vassar URL. Yeah, that's the way to get so, it. But that's, I, I needed a URL for both the portfolio site and the chronicle site yeah. that was at least somewhat easy to remember. Yeah. Someone's at your door. Oh, that's okay. So uh, we'll link it at uh, library-cafe.org, and then we'll talk to you shortly next week, actually, sure. about uh, the rest of your work, your sculpture, yeah, especially. Yeah, great. So, That'll okay. be a whole other conversation. Okay, great. So thanks Terrific. for Terrific. Thank you. Okay.